all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Say they Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another off-season episode of the Houdat Discussion. As always, I am your host, Andrew Galata. You could follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata, and then also you can follow the podcast on Twitter at the Houdat Dis. And in this episode, we're going to continue our recap here of the Saints off-season as we are nearing closer and closer to training camp and the 2021 Saints season. And you have mini camp past us. Definitely a lot of cool stuff came from there, but we all know the big show starts, you know, at the end of July in training camp where it all gets to be really fun. And obviously the Saints will have a lot of battles, especially this year at quarterbacks. to be the big one, but I think a lot of positions. And we, in our last episode, we recapped the whole offense and what they did during the offseason. Now we got to flip it over to the defense. And this is going to be a fun one because the defense had a lot of big changes. This Saints defense was one of the best in the league last year in 2020, top five defense for sure. And, you know, they were amazing in so many different areas. And now this year, a lot has changed. A lot of starters are now gone. I mean, you know, big pillars of that 2020 Saints defense are gone. Trey Hendrickson's gone. You have Quan Alexander is gone. And then you have Janoris Jenkins gone. And that's obviously going to be where kind of all the attention is kind of where the Saints could, you know, fill these holes. And I think it's very going to be very interesting to see how that goes. A lot of the depth went as well. You have Sheldon Rankins, you know, who left. And you can just go kind of down the board here uh, for the Saints. And obviously, at cornerback, you have the whole situation around Marshawn Lattimore. You're going to have to watch that down the line to see what the situation is with him. And kind of that situation is going to be interesting. And then you go over, you know, what are you going to get from your rookies like Paulson Adebo, obviously Peyton Turner. And then you're looking at Pete Warner as well. Where do these guys step in to the team? Other young guys for sure. Marcus Davenport kind of hitting that last year. We're just going to go right into it. It's going to be a very, very fun episode. And we're going to dive right into this defensive line, which is going to have to dominate this year and especially the edges they're going to have to get pressure consistently every game if this defense is going to be as good as it was last year or even as good as the defense was in 2018 2019 2017 this era of this these you know solid Saints defenses it's going to be led by these edges with Cam Jordan Davenport Peyton Turner uh, Tano Passigno uh, for who is a uh, free agent pickup that they got as well. And, you know, you really, if those four guys are going to have to come through, three out of four of them are first round draft picks. And Passigno is a second round draft pick. So these four guys are highly talented players and they're going to have to come through. And that's just the way it's going to have to be for the Saints team. And Jordan coming off of a little bit of a down year. And, you know, I think it's going to be very interesting with him. Is it going to be a regression from here? Or is that just a blip in the road? I'm hoping, obviously, it's just a blip in the road. I think we all are. But, you know, you don't really know which way it is, you know, until we see the start of the season. You just look at uh, at Jordan. And he's a guy that isn't too, too old. I mean, he's only 31. So you're hoping that it's not a regression. It was just, look, it's hard to get 13 sacks, 15 sacks. And usually you look at these great careers of all the Hall of Famers. They have like one, you know, kind of down here where they have seven because sometimes the luck's just not in your favor. And I think that may just be the case 
for Jordan, and he's going to have to lead the way. I think he will. I think he'll be right back up to that level, and I think a lot of that has to do not only with him, I think, just going to be able to get some luck getting to the quarterback a little bit more, but I think it's also going to have to do with the, the the depth that the Saints do have, and I think they're going to have to respect these players. Davenport's obviously going to have to, you know, kind of rejuvenate his career, and obviously everyone's going to make the jokes about the two furs, but he's going to have to just come through this year. I think it's really his time to shine along with Peyton Turner, and, you know, you look at Pasino as well. I just think this group has the potential to be dominant. And just looking at all of them, the athletic traits, the physical traits are elite. They're off the charts. And these guys are going to have to step up. Now, will they? I mean, you look at the three guys outside of Jordan and Davenport. You know, we haven't really seen a lot of, you know, a track record out of him. Same with Pasino and obviously Peyton Turner, the rookie. You haven't yet. And then we haven't yet to even add uh, Carl Granderson, who had five sacks last year. Another guy, the physical traits are great. Now he's kind of just now honing in his craft. It's going to be interesting to see how what he does this year in his kind of, you know, next year jump. This will be his third year jump here. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Does he take that Trey Hendrickson kind of jump? I mean, we're going to have to see. That's a hard, you know, test for him to follow. But is he going to even go to eight sacks? If he went to eight sacks, that would be huge for the Saints. An undrafted free agent going into a starter. That's so, so big. And, you know, with these five guys, you're hoping you get solid plays because you can see all these guys at least having four sacks. And if you have five guys with four sacks at least, that's a huge, huge boost. If you have a 10 sack year from Cameron Jordan, you have an eight sack year from one of these guys and the other, you know, you have one five and two fours. That is, you know, what? that's a really solid pass rush. The depth is there. I like the group as it's made up. Now these guys can just come through. I can see it going both ways. I can see it not working out, but I think it's going to actually work out. And I think it's going to be something that's going to save this defense and make it really good because I think a good pass rush really trumps all. Because that's going to help your back end. It's going to help your linebackers. And you have Demario Davis, who's another really good pass rusher from the linebacker position. I, I, I do think that the pass... And then David Onyemata, another pass rusher on the interior. I do think it's going to be really big. I think the Saints will be able to get to the quarterback. Now, the running lanes. We've got to talk about that. And the interior specifically. The Saints have always been so, so strong on the interior. So strong at stopping the run. I think the edges, they'll be fine. Let's talk about the interior a bit here. David Onyemata, he's going to be the guy here... The star in the interior he was last year. Will he continue it this year? The Saints really, uh, you know, picked him over Sheldon Rankins, who was their first round pick back in 2016. Obviously, it was the right pick. Onyemata has been the better player, but is he going to continue his ascent? Is he going to you know fall off a bit? Where is he going to be? I think he's actually going to continue his ascent, and, and and that's where all of the kind of track records pointing to is he's going to get better and better and better. And he's a player that has all the physical traits. And now he's really starting to become a very, very smart player. And he's a guy that was coming into the Saints very raw, not playing a lot of football. And now he's really grown into a really great player. And he's, you know, a great success story for the Saints. And um, honestly, he's a guy that I think everyone's rooting for. And just, you know, the underdog stories came through. And now he's one of, you know, just sometimes a dominating player. You know, we've really seen he's been dominating in some games on the interior and it's really going to be who he teams up with and if it's Malcolm Roach if, if it's Shy Tuttle Christian Ringo's a guy they got this year it's a little nerve-wracking on the interior now the Saints have been able to plug and play those interior players with sixth round picks with undrafted free agents with seventh you know those later to undrafted free agent picks and that's what's going to have to happen here with Shy Tuttle and Malcolm Roach we'll see how that plays out that's one area where I'm a worry just a bit. I don't think it's going to be that big of a, you know, a problem for the Saints. It's probably, you know, if 
this defense was full and everything was perfect like it was last year. And this was the only problem, that interior spot. I think everyone would be, oh, you know, making a big deal out of it. But with the kind of the holes the Saints have, it probably won't be that big of a deal. I think having Malcolm Brown last year and the year before was definitely a luxury. And now that player, you know, just with the cap and all the situation, Saints can't have him. They have to go with a cheaper option. I don't think the drop-off of play is as, you know, steep as some other positions that we're going to talk about a little later. So, again, I think that's area number one where there's a hole. Will it constitute into a big hole? Probably not. I think that you can win a Super Bowl with it. I'll say that. I really do believe that. And if you if you really don't think so, I think you can add someone at the position pretty quickly to plug and play. So, it's not a big worry in my mind. I think the you know, the edge is going to be your bigger, you know, make or break, and it's going to have to make this defense. And that's kind of the situation the Saints are in because they've just invested so much into it from Jordan to Davenport. I mean, Jordan's the one that hit, obviously, he's the captain right now, probably your face of your franchise right now, especially on the defense and maybe overall without Drew Brees obviously retiring. So he may be your face of the franchise here at defensive line, probably is. So, you know, he's going to be there. We all know that. But it's these other guys. You have two firsts into Davenport, a first into Peyton Turner. And, you know, obviously that's going to be where your focus is. Are these guys going to come through? Passing wasn't the Saints investment, but he still is a second round pick, has a lot of talent. And then Granderson undrafted the you know, investment isn't there, but you'd love to see an undrafted free agent come through there. And, you know, th- this is kind of where the Saints are, you know, be the, being those heavy hitters in the defensive line. They're going to have to be there. They're going to have to win games in the trenches, and you know what? The Saints usually do that, and that's why they've been so successful over the last four years. So you got to be confident in them investing in it. You're just hoping it's the right players, and this is really a make or, make or break here to do that. So we're going to have to see how kind of how the, all that works out, and after Hendrickson leaves, someone else is going to have to step up. But the thing with the, the Saints team, they have invested in it. So you know you got to give them credit there. You're just going to make sure those are the right guys. But, you know, I think they've done all they could. So I'm pretty confident about this defensive line going into, you know, 2021. It's not as high as I'd say last year, but it's still pretty solid. Even last year, I mean, there were a lot of holes going into last year. They were a week before the season. They were looking to sign Jadavion Clowney. So, you know, I'd say as confident as last year, probably, to be honest with you. And, you know, you put that around that B plus, A minus range. I don't think it's perfect, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's really a solid group. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking about the defense. And they added there. You know, that's one of the few positions that the Saints really stressed on this offseason. You have two guys coming in uh, with Turner and Passanio, so we're just going to kind of see how that all works out there. Moving over to the linebackers, and this is another very interesting group, and we're probably going to split it halfway through and take a break halfway through this position because I I think the easy thing is here is going to be Demario Davis. He's going to be your... Mike, he's going to be, you know, really whatever position the Saints want to play in, but he can do everything. We all know that. He can cover, he can blitz, he can stop the run, and he's just been so dominant. He's just a dominant player for the Saints. He's an integral piece to this team. Without him, they don't go anywhere. This defense doesn't go anywhere for sure. And I think the Saints lean on him a lot, and I think they're going to do that this year. I think the Saints, again, if they don't get good play out of Werner or Bond or whoever, I don't think the Saints that this is going to make them not win a Super Bowl or something like that. Because that's how good DeMario Davis is. And you got to give him a ton of credit and just what he's done for this for this team here. And, you know, on, on, on the field and also in the locker room, being that amazing leader as well. So he, what he does for that defense is just so, so huge. And he transforms your linebacker group so you don't have to have that amazing second. You'd love to have that. 
And I would actually stress the Saints to have that. But with them not getting it, it's not the end of the world. You also see Quan Alexander still out there. So maybe the Saints bring him in uh, for some veteran leadership there. But he's kind of, you know, they're going to be that linchpin. Then you got to look who else is going to be there. And that's going to be kind of your big question mark. Pete Werner, Zach Bond, Chase Hansen, Caden Ellis. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different options here. Andrew Dowell, another guy. And all these picks, I mean, Werner, high pick, second round, ball in third round, then it's a lot of undrafted, sixth round pick is Ellis, but Hanson, Dowell, undrafted. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how all of that works out. We're going to talk about it all after the break. We're going to talk about the big question. Is it going to be Werner? Is it going to be Bond? Who's going to step up in this position? Is anybody going to step up in this position? I think that's going to be kind of the main question here. But first, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. And now we're going to continue our conversation on the Saints linebackers heading into 2021, recapping what they did in the offseason and now looking ahead and seeing what shape they're in heading into this next season. And we talked about how great Demario Davis is and how big of a linchpin he is to this defense, but you got to figure out who's going to play opposite of him. And I think with this Saints team... You had Quan Alexander last year, and I think he really made a big difference playing opposite uh, Davis. And what I think it did, it really gave Davis a bigger opportunity to make impact plays. You know, beyond, I think, the little things that he does that people really don't notice, but they're really big to what the Saints do. And then when Quan Alexander was picking them up, and, you know, he was doing them at, you know, a very high level as well. And then you had Davis running around making amazing plays, and you kind of see those impact plays, you know, just by just watching the game. That's when, you know, I, I think you really saw the big impact of Demario Davis. And now the things don't have Quan Alexander, and maybe they'll still sign him. He's still available in free agency as we're recording this episode. But right now he's not on the roster. They just drafted Pete Werner in the second round from Ohio State. They obviously have Zach Ball still on the roster as he's making his kind of transformation into playing more of an off, you know, uh, off the line, off ball linebacker. You also have Chase Hansen, who was an undrafted free agent. You have Caden Ellis here, um, you know, a sixth-round pick, been more of a special teams player in his career, but maybe now he's going to take the next step. Werner, I think, is going to be the guy who's going to at least... I, mean, I think Werner or Bond, you would expect to kind of start here. Maybe Chase Hansen. I know the Saints are high on him, but I, I just feel like Werner seems like the obvious choice. He seems like the Saints picked him to plug and play, and they probably didn't want to go with another riskier option in the draft um, because Werner's ability to basically be a plug-and-play average player I think or and then that's kind of his they feel like that's his kind of base and then if he can get better from there great people are comparing him to uh, AJ Klein when the Saints had him and if he's that to start that isn't bad Klein started for the Saints for what three years basically <laughs> and or you know was at least you know a big part of the defense for those three years and obviously, you know, he lived out the contract with the Saints. So whatever you want to say about him, he was able to do that. And he was able to, you know, not be a star, but he did things, you know, at an average level. And it was definitely passable for this defense to be at least a top 15 defense. And, you know, and that was, you know, at least they could obviously get higher depending on what the other words, but he wasn't going to make you know, very bad plays to blow up, blow up things. That wasn't the case. And I think that's what Werner is going to be. I don't think he's the player like Quan Alexander running around making big plays. So it opens up more for Davis. 
I don't think he's going to be that type of player. Maybe he will be. I think the Saints, I think that's kind of their hope, maybe, that he becomes that type of player down the line. But I think what the Saints got Werner to be, I think they got him to be just this player that can be steady, that maybe won't be the best, but won't be the worst. And it's going to be good with Davis because Davis is going to be that impact, pro bowl, all pro type player. And then you have Werner, who's kind of your average rookie who's learning and hopefully will improve throughout the year. That's not bad. I mean, I would like to see maybe a little bit more. I mean, with the second round pick, but it's not the worst. Like, if he becomes an average starter, that's great. That's what the Saints expect from him. That may be different than his actual play. I think that's another thing we have to talk about. It's going to be interesting to see what they did. I mean, the Saints picked him over a guy like Jabril Cox. Um, so that's going to be a conversation, I think, um, maybe a few years down the line, seeing how these two players kind of work out. I mean, Warner, the Saints go back to the Ohio State, uh, you know, <laughs> prospect pool, and they pick. Werner, I think it's going to be very interesting to see kind of how it works out. Werner is a sure tackler, I think. I mean, he's a guy that I think is just going to be interesting. I, I think running, you know, in those running lanes, I think he's really good. So you you kind of have those kind of lanes, I guess you want to call them, those parts of his game pretty solid in there. I think then you just have to talk about can he go from sideline to sideline making plays through the air. You know, you've seen him do it, and then you've seen him not do it. you kind of seen a little bit of both. I mean, a lot of people think the Saints maybe reach for him a bit. You know, you don't really know. I mean, I hate when people say that because, you know, you don't really know. I mean, you don't know what people um, are kind of thinking inside the building. You just know what's outside or inside the Saints, but also inside other buildings. Maybe a team at 61 would have picked him. So that's why, I mean, yes, I guess maybe, you know, according to the outside view, it was a reach, but you don't really know for sure. Um, you know, obviously, when you look at him and his size, it's there and it's very typical Saints. 6'3", 238, very Saints size-like. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how it all works out because, I mean, a lot of people were surprised by this pick. But at the end of the day, I mean, you look at him here and he's just a very Saints-like pick and a Saints linebacker type pick. The big bulky guys that, you know, could be sure in the run. And obviously the big thing is always athleticism and kind of moving sideline to sideline. And they'll see the Saints go back to that pool. We'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. I think he's going to be very similar to AJ Klein to start with the ability to get better, I think, from there. I think his base is going to be A.J. Klein for the Saints play, which isn't bad. I think it's going to be average, and I think it will move up from there. And I think he's going to probably be the Saints' week one starter. And then when you head into look at Zach Bond, you have no clue what you're getting out of Zach Bond just because last year he gave you nothing. And I know he's making this switch, and it wasn't the best circumstances. And, you know, you look at his size, 6'3", 225. I mean, kind of around what the Saints like as well. Can he be able to transition to off-ball, move all around the field, make the plays? Obviously, he was just a rusher. Maybe the Saints will use him as a pass rusher down the line. Doesn't seem like that's the case. I don't know what the Saints will do. Also, Werner's good at blitzing. I think that's another good thing to add. Good, you know, moving north and south, which is, you know, good to good to see as well. But, I mean, it will just be interesting to see what Bond is. I think he's very, very raw. I think it's different than Werner. I don't think Werner is very, very raw like Bond is. Werner played all three linebacker positions throughout college. Bond played, you know, edge rusher, so completely different. So, I mean, just because they're two linebackers that went to Big Ten schools doesn't mean, you know, they're the same player. They're very, very different. I think Werner's the more polished player by a long shot. And, again, I think Bond has potential. I think he has really good potential. He's just going to have to obviously make big, big strides or it's going to be, you know, a pick that just got away from the Saints. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. I think the Saints will start Werner, but I think they're going to give chance a chance to Bond to really – you know, show himself and prove himself that he can play on this level. 
And if, if you have Werner playing at that average AJ Klein level, and you also have Vaughn playing at an average level, that's a very, very good depth position for the Saints. And, I mean, that may work out for them. Now, if none of them work out, that could be a problem. The Saints only usually play two linebackers because they play uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, C.D. Deuce at the nickel. So, probably only be two linebackers. If they play those three down sets, those three linebacker sets, Chase Hansen may come to the mix. Zach Bond may come to the mix. But, really, we're looking at those two guys. So, that's just kind of how it's going to be worked out between them. But, it's definitely going to be very interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. So, again, I, I think that's going to be Warner and Davis. I think Bond is going to be kind of that wild card. If it works out, he's going to challenge Warner, and he may overtake him, may not. But it's going to, we're going to have to see how he plays here in training camp in the preseason. I think having a preseason for Bond is so, so huge. It's going to, I think, be you know pay dividends for him and Werner. You'll know a lot about this group at the end of the preseason. I, I, know, I, I definitely think that. So that's going to be very interesting. You'll see Chase Hansen. I think it's big for him, too, because coming back from uh, undrafted. Same with Caden Ellis. But right now, it's Werner or Bond, in my, in my opinion. Hansen there as well as a kind of a third guy. I think those Werner, Bond, Hansen, those can be flipped depending on how it's played in training camp. But I, I think that's kind of the situation that the Saints are in right now here at that linebacker position. Then moving over to this secondary. And this is the one where I think everyone loves to have conversations about because it's probably the most interesting kind of topic of this scene's offseason outside of the uh, Winston Hill um, training camp battle here. And it's all about what the Saints are going to do at the secondary kind of group here because they lost to Norris Jenkins. They really replaced him with not that much. Patrick Robinson they kept. And Paulson Adebo they drafted in the third round which I think was a very, very good pick. I think he has the potential to be that number two corner, but we don't know if it's going to work out. You would love to hedge your bets there with someone else than Patrick Robinson. They've brought in Drake Kirkpatrick for a visit um, just a few weeks ago, so he's going to be a still guy out there. I would love that signing. Just to have some you know veteran talent there will be very, very important. Now, he has his own flaws, but to just hedge your bets and you're hoping one works out or one of the three works out, to be honest with you, that's great. And the other two guys are depth because at this point opposite Lattimore, and you don't really know his kind of position either with his legal position. So we don't really know. And it's off the field position. We don't know how that's going to really work out yet. And we haven't really heard anything from the league yet. And we probably won't for, you know, a little bit longer here. And that's something that, you know, if you're the saints, you would love to have some depth there. Not only because right now, you don't have that number two corner. It's also because <laughs> you may be without Lattimore for a little bit. We don't really know that situation. We don't know how it's going to work out. We obviously, I think everyone knows the situation with Lattimore, but his off the field issues, if that costs him some time here in the 2021 season, I think then you kind of run into a few issues about where this cornerback group's going. And just the Saints track record with corners, secondary members isn't the best before just to, to say the least it isn't the best before this last error here of this last two-year really spin with Janoris Jenkins and they finally found a really solid number two to Lattimore and they just cut him they let him walk because of the salary cap and now you have to find another guy maybe you drafted him in a Debo maybe Patrick Robinson's the guy maybe it's someone that's still out there like Kirkpatrick and I would love that signing to happen because you don't also you don't know what Lattimore's situation is going to be. 
So you really now have the this this kind of problem or question at cornerback that I think the Saints are still looking for corner. And you know, I, I think that's something that they're gonna have to figure out <laughs> at some point this season, because if that doesn't work out, that's when you see, okay, this is gonna be a huge problem, you know, going down the stretch here in December, in January, in February, if you get there. That's going to be the biggest issue is going to be that number two corner slot. Now, you may not, or, num- you know, your cornerback depth in general. Now, you look at the, the Bucks last year. Look at their cornerbacks. Not a lot of big names there. Now, they played well, but not a lot of big names. You know, I mean, Carlton Davis, um, you, know, you know, you're looking at uh, Murphy Bunting. Not your biggest names, but they had that line linebacker, that front seven. They were a humming, and they were playing their best football probably ever. A lot of those guys were playing their combination of their best football at all the same time, and it, you know, their defense was outstanding. So you didn't need the back end as much. Now, similarly, if the Saints are playing at that top level, if you have DeMario playing well, you have Werner playing well, you have Cameron Jordan, you have Davenport playing up to the two first, you have Peyton Turner, another first-round pick, and you're just stacked, yeah, you probably don't need that um, second corner. Um, but... Again, I think that just looking at kind of how the Saints situation is, they've been burned by it in the past, so you would like to fill that up, you know, now going into this season. You also have P.J. Williams there as well. I think the bright side of this situation is your safeties are very, very good. You tagged Marcus Williams, which was a great move. You got to get a long-term deal done with him. I think that's going to be important. I think he's one of the best free safeties in this league, and he had an outstanding year last year. And when you're playing against, in this NFC South, you're playing with, the Bucks with you have a few guys that can take the ball off the defense, the top off the defense, excuse me there. Then you have Robbie Anderson who could take the top off the defense in Carolina. You also have DJ Moore who can do the same. And, you know, with the Atlanta situation, obviously Julio not being there, that won't be, you know, you won't have his threat, but you still have Calvin Ridley. You know, you, you still have Kyle Pitts who they just added. That offense will probably still be, you know, serviceable. And you would love to have, you know, Marcus Williams there. And obviously Matt Ryan still the quarterback who's, you know, above average. So again, I feel like that's going to be very, very important to have a great free safety. Williams, you just saw it down the stretch. You saw it in the playoffs. You saw it against the Bucks. You saw it against the Bears. You saw it in week, uh, I believe it was 15 against the Chiefs. You know, you saw it in week 16 as well. Uh, week 16, I think he was out, but you get what I'm saying. You saw his impact. Um, week 15, I think was big. 14 was big. Um, he had a few really big weeks. I mean, week nine against the Bucks was outstanding. You had just had these huge, huge weeks from Williams, and you saw that growth from, I think, a player with a ton of potential who was starting to show it little by little, and the confidence wasn't really 100% there to that 2020 season where that confidence was amazing. And I think he'll continue that here into next season. I think he's going to have a great season. And I think that had a lot to do with Malcolm Jenkins there, who I think the Saints learned how to really utilize him well. I think he's a really great veteran. I think he's there for communication. I think that's all really great stuff. And he's going to help whoever's playing opposite Lattimore. He's going to help him. If it's a Debo, he's going to help him with coverages. He's going to help him with all that communication. That's what makes a secondary really hum. And I do think that Jenkins adds that, and then you have C.J. Gardner-Johnson, C.D. Deuce, who I think a lot of people are expecting now to take that next step into stardom. He had an amazing, you know, really solid rookie year, had a better next year. He took that next step in the second year. Now, people are seeing if he can take that next step to Pro Bowl this year. I think a lot of people are going to name him as a breakout candidate to the Pro Bowl. And I, I think, obviously, the confidence is through the roof. We all know that. The confidence is going to be there 100%. 
Uh, but can he play in the slot well? That's also another area that's haunted the Saints. Can he? Uh, can Johnson do that, Gardner Johnson? I think he could. And if, if they solidify the slot, your pass rush is really good. You have Lattimore playing at his top level. It makes you know your second corner look. You can still get burned there if it's not you know if it's not good. But you can get an average player, and definitely you'll be fine. But that's kind of my little rant on this secondary position. This defense, just to wrap up, three holes. You have cornerback two, linebacker two, defensive end two is, I think, a hole until you see it gets fixed. But you you patched it up, I think. You definitely gave the resources. Turner, um, you know, Passigno, you kind of definitely added resources there. Even though you lost Hendrickson, you definitely patched it up to the best of your ability. So I, I think that's filled. And then you have your one-tech defensive tackle. So those are your three holes, maybe four holes. Now, again, you're hoping Werner, if he patches up that linebacker hole, that would be great. And then you have, you know, at the second corner, if you have a Debo ball out and his ball skills are off the charts, and if he can use those ball skills and be successful, that would be amazing. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he plays. I could see him being an all-or-nothing type guy, which you'll see a lot of picks, but then you'll see a lot of big plays, which... I don't know if you want that with the Saints. I think that if he's a ball hawking, get a lot of interceptions guy, I think that's a good combination with Lattimore because I think Lattimore is that physical lockdown guy. Then you have a guy that's you know, more ball skills like, and I think it makes a good combination. But, you know, you, you can't be getting, you know, burned for 50-yard touchdowns either. So he's going to have to, you know, not bite on the double moves. I know he's had issues with those. Technique could be an issue. So, again, I, I think that's something that, you know, we'll see. But the ball, ball skills are off the charts amazing. Now you just kind of got, you know, kind of with the technique, you got to just, you know, sharpen it up. And I, I think he could. And especially with Chris Richard there, it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. Werner, I think he's going to fill it in at an average level. I don't think he's going to be the star rookie of the year type player. But I think that, you know, I think it'll, it'll, it'll be filled to, you know, enough. And then on the interior, the Saints have done a very good job with undrafted free agents, you know, late round picks to fill that one tech. You're just hoping they can do that again. It's an issue that I look. If, if that's if that's your biggest issue on the team, you're fine with it, and you can still win a Super Bowl with it. But you want to have a good one tech. You could always trade for one, sign one during the season, um, or you know get you get a Malcolm Brown back. I don't think it's that difficult. But I think losing him, losing that luxury was important. I thought when he was out last year, the Saints weren't as good in the run. So that's just something to look out for. If the Saints aren't as good in the run, you could probably point to that interior a little bit. But again, it's an area the Saints have had success in. You know, getting through um, undrafted free agents through late round draft picks that you're hoping that it kind of works out there. So that kind of wraps up our offense last week and our defense this week. Our you know our recap of the Saints offseason heading into a month away from training camp, and definitely I think this team is going to be solid. I think it's going to be a playoff team. I don't know if it's going to be a division winner for now fifth straight year. I think it'll be interesting to see now that we play 17 games. I think. A 10-win season is doable. I think that's what I'm expecting. So my my kind of cap for this team going into the season's 10 wins, that's my over-under. Will they go over? Maybe over by one game. Maybe they'll go 11 and 6. I can see really both ways. 10 is what I think. And I'm probably going to, you know, when we do the season previews and all that stuff, I'll probably um, put them at 10 wins. But that's just kind of what I'm thinking about the team right now. And we'll see kind of how it goes. I can see the team being just as good as last year or right around the 2017 level between 2017 and 2020. Cause even getting, you know, a lot worse and going seven and 10, whatever it is, six and 11, uh, then it would be eight and nine, you know, one of those, 
Um, you know, that's just you take the step back. A lot of it, I think, will have to do with the quarterback play, obviously, and kind of see where it's all at. I think a lot of it will have to do with how these young players in the Saints fill these depth, you know, role player roles for the Saints. I think it's going to be very, very important. The Saints lost a lot of veterans this offseason and, you know, just, you know, obviously over the past few years. Um, but I think this year, especially, obviously, I think you lost a lot of veterans. How can the players you drafted step into those? I think it's going to be very important. Adam Troutman, he's going to be a big one. Look, he's a, a a day two guy. You would really hope if he can step into that tight end position, that's going to be really, really big. Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, can they step into these, you know, positions at the, you know, on the offensive line, go to the defense, can Davenport, can Peyton Turner, can Passino, can these guys step up, the young guys, Carl Granderson, and then you look at linebacker with Werner and Bond, can those, one of those draft picks kind of, you know, rush through, and then you're looking at the back end, guys like Adebo, guys like, I mean, Patrick Robinson's another veteran, but can one of those guys step up, can uh, Garner Johnson, C.D. Deuce, can he step into that stardom level, or that's his next step in his progression, all of that's really big. Can Lattimore put it together for a full season? It's going to be all interesting to see kind of how it all works out. I cannot wait. Again, I think the Saints training camp session preseason will be very, very fun because there is a lot of questions to be answered, and that's when they'll start to be just piece by piece answered there. So it's definitely going to be very interesting. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. That means on Twitter, you can follow us at the Houdat Dis. On Instagram, you can follow us at Houdat Discussion. And then also you can listen to the Houdat Discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means on iTunes, Spotify, all of those sites, wherever you listen to your podcast, we are on and we'd love if you subscribe and like and leave those five-star reviews it's really greatly appreciated and now kind of we're just roaring towards this next season the offseason is winding down we'll definitely cover all those Saints news and definitely kind of start prepping for this 2021 season definitely should be really fun but I think with all that said I want to say thank you guys for listening turn it loose and who dat